This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by ExpressVPN and by Mac Weldon. This is the last Tech News Day of 2020, and what a year it has been. Back when we first started doing tech news as a dedicated show, years and years ago, it, it was mostly just about phones and apps and websites. Mm -hmm. This year has mostly been about wading through the depressing onslaught of news about the coronavirus pandemic that's been wreaking havoc on the U.S. and the world for most of the year and doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And this week, the coronavirus reached somehow a new milestone. All seven continents. The only thing to do this before the coronavirus was Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. Antarctica finally got the Rona. Now, you'd think that one of the most remote and inhospitable places on Earth would be safe from this pandemic. But it was really only a matter of time. Antarctica is huge, almost double the size of the continental U.S., and it's almost completely devoid of life. But a few thousand people are down there at any given time, living at around 70 scientific research stations and uh, 36 people at Chile's O'Higgins base recently tested positive. Uh-oh. Now, luckily, it seems they caught the outbreak quickly and got everyone infected back to Chile while the remaining crew quarantines. But <laughs> mark this one down as yet another W for the virus and yet another L for mankind. I swear to God, if one fucking penguin shows up with the coronavirus, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, it's going to have to be March the Penguins, more like coal of the Penguins. We're going to have to coal those penguins like we did those minks. I, Don't think we won't. I'm starting to think this is all Metallica's fault. Specifically yeah. the drummer. Lars Ulrich. <laughs> what? God, that man ruins everything. <laughs> but uh, speaking of COVID and cold places, uh, one of the logistical hurdles facing the deployment of the Pfizer vaccine is the need to store the doses at a very cold temperature. A normal kitchen freezer simply will not do. The Pfizer vaccine needs to be kept at negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 70 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. Although at that point, it's like, it's, what's the difference? The distinction is meaningless. Yeah. There's a point where they like cross and become yeah. the same almost. Uh, the Moderna vaccine is a lot less extreme, requiring a temperature of negative 4 Fahrenheit or negative 20 Celsius. But with both vaccines, a big part of the challenge is maintaining those temperatures for the entire supply chain from manufacturing to shipping to local storage right up until just before it's injected into the patient. And that's a lot harder than it sounds. And hey, that's good news for all the people that have it down in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's summer down there right now. Oh, actually. no. Well, but summer's still pretty cold. Yeah, it, it was above freezing when I checked, though. Yeah. Well, it seems like a pretty daunting task, keeping this uh, vaccine as cold as it needs to be. And that's especially considering the scale that it needs to roll out. Yeah, at. just every person on Earth. But it turns out one company might be the unlikely example to look for to how to get this done. Dippin' Dots. The ice cream of the future. The ice cream that everyone tries once on vacation. Huh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, they are little dots. Well, on with my day. <laughs> uh, if you're like us, it's been about four years since you've even thought about Dippin' Dots. Uh, the last time being when people on Twitter dug up a bunch of old tweets from then White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, who <laughs> was apparently not a fan mm -hmm. and does not consider Dippin' Dots the ice cream of the future. He had a vendetta that lasted years against yeah. it. They must have crossed him so hard. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it turns out that the novelty ice cream brand, mostly seen in amusement parks and stadiums, uses logistics that are very similar to what's needed for these vaccines. So there's actually a lot to learn from Dippin' Dots. Uh, from a recent article in Popular Science titled, What Dippin' Dots Cold Chain Can Teach Us About COVID-19 Vaccines... 
Standard freezers are set to bottom out at zero degrees Fahrenheit, which is significantly warmer than the temperature Dippin' Dots have to be stored, according to Dippin' Dots Chief Development Officer Stan Jones. Still, the company manages to ship their products on a massive scale. While 2020 sales have been down about 50% due to the shuttering of theme parks and stadiums, a typical year sees around 100 million servings sprinkled across the globe. <laughs> to understand how they do it, it's helpful to know how Dippin' Dots are made. Dippin' Dots get their small bead-like shapes from a process called pelletizing. Ingredients, milk, sugar, flavor compounds, and so on, are mixed and then dripped into a chamber brought to negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit by liquid nitrogen. The droplets immediately freeze into beads, then move into a negative 40 degree Fahrenheit freezer with doors that open from the top to prevent as much heat as possible from entering. After quality checks, the ice cream goes into bespoke disposable containers for transport. It sounds like it's not even worth it for these... Stupid little beads of ice cream. Yeah, I mean... But thank God they exist, because the, they're going to help save the world. In the 19th century, just some dudes that happened to have access to ice invented ice cream, and then in the 1980s, this Dippin' Dots guy's like, hey, what if we made this a lot more complicated? Yeah, a lot more difficult to produce, yeah. store, transport, and all that. <laughs> little did they know, they could have been solving a worldwide pandemic 30 years in the future. Yeah. Like, Dippin' Dots could actually be a big component in saving the Earth. Yeah. Which is crazy. They have they have the infrastructure, they have the equipment, they have the know-how. And they're running they have, at fifty percent capacity right now, so yeah. they need the money. They're not doing much. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh we're all gonna be eating dippin' dots once this is over as a celebratory thing. They should just put the vaccine into dippin' dots. Like I, a lot of people don't like needles, so you know, just like open wide. Yeah, spoon Here full comes of sugar. the airplane. Mmm, <laughs> strawberry. Uh well the article it goes on to explain that lots and lots of dry ice is a vital part of the dippin' dot supply chain and the Pfizer vaccine supply chain. And uh, that can complicate things. It's dangerous and requires special training for workers across the entire supply chain. And, and there's a pretty limited supply of it. Shortages are already happening. Yeah. And uh, as the article says, quote, having a reliable cold chain means having enough dry ice for a rainy day. Once a shipment leaves Dippin' Dots Distribution Center in Lancaster, California, the company monitors weather and other conditions that can cause delays in transit. In instances where it looks like a shipment's stock of dry ice will run out before it reaches its destination, Jones says, a third-party company has to intercept and add more. Wastage is an inevitable part of the equation. And Jones declined to give specific numbers, but says a small percentage of Dippin' Dots shipments are lost to transit delays. It just sounds too complicated to be profitable. Why yeah, are they in business? It's, uh, well, I, as we'll find out in a moment, the Dippin' Dots ice cream company is kind of a front company for the Dippin' Dots making things cold company. Hey, well, there you go. And it worked out for everyone, again. Yeah. So, finally, once the vaccine reaches hospitals, having been kept cold this entire way there, the hospitals will then have to either keep up a steady, reliable supply of dry ice, which, of course, there's a shortage of, or invest in special freezers that can maintain the extreme sub-zero temperatures necessary, which there already weren't a lot of, and the ones that exist pretty much all gone now. Yeah. But it just so happens that Dippin' Dots has a side business called DD Cryogenics <laughs> that actually manufactures and sells freezers for exactly this kind of storage. Yeah, like I said, it turns out they've always been mostly a cryogenics company. The ice cream was just a weird, like, fluke that they stumbled across, and they're like, hey, we could just do this as a side gig. We could sell this at Knott's Berry Farm. People would probably buy it exactly once. My only regret is that, uh, through a lot of reasons, Sean Spicer is not the current White House press secretary, because it'd be so great to, like, if Dippin' Dots came out to save the day, and he has to, like, open his folder and go, <clears throat> all right, I think this well, is a bad idea. Uh, look, um... I, I guess I have to apologize to a little <laughs> little company out in Lancaster, California. Uh, I want to say I'm sorry for some tweets that I wrote in the past. I mean, a lot of us have been going through this. Uh, people's tweets come up for different reasons. Mine, I, uh, you know, 
kind of tore down a company that ended up saving the world. And for that, I'm sorry. It's my uh, bad. Anyways, I'll see you guys on Dancing with the Stars. God damn it. Now, it's no surprise that in a year when uh, Dippin' Dots ice cream is, and ice cream in general, probably doing pretty terrible, uh, and that there's not enough freezers for these vaccines, that Dippin' Dots jumped at the opportunity to make new freezers specifically designed for vaccine storage. So between their cryogenic vaccine freezers and their decades of experience in ultra-cold logistics, Dippin' Dots might end up being the unlikely hero that helps America not totally fuck up the deployment of the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm-hmm. At this point, I mean, it doesn't even really sound that weird. This sure. is the ultimate conclusion, the dumb conclusion to a dumb year. And look, if it helps save lives, I am so happy for Dippin' Dots. I will I will buy them at all the stadiums that I go to in the future when I am vaccinated yeah. and can go enjoy things in real life. Anytime I see a Dippin' Dots, I will wave a tiny American flag yeah, and then go by and salute, <laughs> salute it. Stand at parade rest while I wait for my ice cream to be served. Um, yeah. yeah, no, this is this is sort of like the movie Armageddon where, you know, it's like, oh, there's a the fucking asteroid coming to the Earth. Are we going to send some some dorky scientists? No, we're going to send uh, a bunch of oil rig workers because mm-hmm. they know how to drill. Yes. They, they might not be the most likely people for the job, but they actually are the best people for the job. Yes. Just like Dippin' Dots is for this vaccine. You have to think outside the box, mm-hmm. and, and they did, which is great. Uh, in other news, it should be a lot more strange, but isn't really that surprising at this point. Uh, there's now yet another new gaming console. <laughs> And it's a collaboration between the fine folks at Cooler Master and KFC. Yes, Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's called the KF Console. (laughs) And if it sounds a little bit like that Bud Light console that we talked about a little while back, the BL6, it kind of is. Except unlike the Bud Light BL6, which was shaped like a six-pack and included slots for keeping beers cold, the KF console is shaped like a bucket and has a chicken chamber for keeping your fried chicken warm using the system's natural heat airflow. Or anything, I would assume. You could put anything in there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you ever monitored your gaming PC's temperature gauges uh, and thought, holy shit, you could cook food in this goddamn thing, well, now you sort of can. Yeah. Uh, there currently aren't any real specs or release date or a price uh, about this, but there is a website. It's a custom Cooler Master chassis with an Intel Core i9 9th Gen processor, an Asus GPU, and Seagate SSD storage. And they say that it's VR ready and uh, runs at 4K at 240 Hz and can do ray tracing. So it there's something under the hood. And it smells great. It does smell very, very good. Uh, now, it's all very vague and pretty standard for current-gen gaming PCs, but the fried chicken chamber is, of course, what sets this thing apart. Quote, world's first built-in chicken chamber. <laughs> uh, never risk letting your chicken go cold again thanks to the patented chicken chamber. Utilizing the system's natural heat and airflow system, you can now focus on your gameplay and enjoy hot, crispy chicken between rounds. Um, I will would not be happy with what this would do to my mechanical keyboard. I feel uh, like the grease would get into things. Yeah. And also, you shouldn't be eating fried chicken at the computer. Yes. Or Getting like grease all over. Your or hands. when you're holding a controller, like that shit does not get off. It well, stays on there forever. Luckily, this is a huge fucking gimmick. Uh, yeah. Although there will definitely be people who are like, because the process, it's not like it cooks. Like it's not like they send you a yeah. bag of chicken and they're like, throw it in there and cook it. No, it's you for have to you... go buy KFC yeah. chicken. Yeah, if you're one of those weirdos that, like, gets the chicken and then brings it home and then waits. Uh, I want to wait till this slow. chicken tastes like shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they haven't announced any, like, with the Bud Light console, I think they auctioned it off. I never saw what happened with that. Mm-hmm. With this one, probably end up doing something like that or they'll give it away. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but hey, look, if it plays games, 
as well as it says it does, then cool. Whoever wins one's going to have a yeah, great time. They're vague specs, but they're good specs. I wouldn't put chicken in it or anything in it for that matter, but I'd play a game on it. Mm-hmm. There you go. It'll probably run Cyberpunk, the, the Hitler of video games. <laughs> really great. Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, I did watch the uh, uh, KFC movie on Lifetime. Oh, the um, what, what was the title Recipe of that? Recipe for Seduction. Yeah, how was that? It was great. Yeah? Yeah, I thought it was a lot How long fun. is it? 15 minutes? 15 minutes. But they pack a lot into that 15 okay. minutes. Okay. It is... It, you can see where all of the fat is on every other Lifetime movie. They, yeah. They, every Lifetime movie could be 15 minutes long because this one does everything it needs to do within a solid 15 minutes. And it's on YouTube for free. Oh, good. So. Yeah, I was hoping because I'm like, I'm not going to... I'm never going to see it if it's yeah, I mean, just it's, on Lifetime. It's literally ridiculous. All right. And every line is... Uh, it, it, it's great because they're all playing it as if it's a real fucking movie. Yeah. Anyway, All right, well, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in other news, as if 2020 wasn't already a bloated mess with the pandemic, the election, the massive amount of protesting, uh, why not throw a giant cybersecurity breach, probably done by Russia, just on top of the pile? Yeah. Um, so this whole thing started earlier this month when the cybersecurity company FireEye was breached and had some of its most valuable tools stolen. And in the past few weeks, it's become clear that the FireEye hack was actually part of a much larger hack originating with SolarWinds, an IT firm whose Orion platform software is apparently used by just everyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the hackers placed a Trojan horse in an update to Orion platform, and that update went to all their customers. It's a long and scary list of targets. Yeah, we're talking Microsoft, Cisco, Intel, NVIDIA, VMware, and Belkin, uh, along with a bunch of U.S. government agencies like the Department of State, Commerce, Treasury, and Homeland Security, along with the National Institutes of Health. Oh, and uh, also the Department of Energy and its uh, National Nuclear Security Administration, which guards the country's nuclear weapons. Now, it's currently unclear exactly how many targets were affected or how much data was stolen or what data specifically, but everyone seems to agree uh, that this is really bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a country, we just don't have the bandwidth for caring about it right now, yeah. but we should have. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was probably the work of a nation state and probably the same Russian agency that was responsible for the 2016 DNC hacks. Uh, Trump seems to want to uh, say that it's China, but uh, everyone involved in tracking down who did this is pointing at Russia doing it. It's like a comfy bear, cozy bear, Mm -hmm. whatever it's called. Anyway, yeah, seems like a big fucking problem. Thankfully, though, our president is taking this all very seriously. Uh, On Saturday, Trump tweeted... The cyber hack is far greater in the fake news media than in actuality. I have been fully briefed and everything is well under control. Russia, Russia, Russia is the priority chant when anything happens because lamestream is, for most financial reasons, petrified of discussing the possibility that it may be China. It may. (laughs) There could also have been a hit on our ridiculous voting machines during the election, which is now obvious that I won big, making it an even more corrupted embarrassment for the USA. I mean, I gotta hand it to him. Tying the uh, tying bigger stimulus checks to his coup is it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. 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 Also, I'm I'm, I'm loving watching the infighting between Republicans who are like, "Wow, well, oh, go oh, oh, okay, okay." Yeah. Uh, great. Hope uh, everyone actually gets more money than they're supposed to because yeah, uh, two thousand would be great. Hey, you know what? Why not make it three thousand? <laughs> hey, well, we're just spitballing five, yeah. ten. How about we go backwards and do two thousand a month for all the months that everyone yeah. missed? Fuck it. If we're going to give, like, you just look at this fucking annual budget. It's full of so much dumb crap. Yeah. Get rid of it. Give people money. Give people uh, Rent money. forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Student loan debt forgiveness. Just, uh, let's just pretend this year didn't exist financially. Let's just give everyone a break. Yeah. 
Just hit the old reset button. Yeah. Now, before we get into more news stories, uh, this episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. How do you choose which internet service provider to use? Now, the sad thing is most of us have a very small amount of choices because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions that they serve. They then use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing our internet activity, we protect our devices with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. All of it. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked by ISPs or other tech giants who can then sell your information for profit. That's why we recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, you tap one button on your device, and boom, you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that we trust with our online privacy. So visit expressvpn.com slash newsday today. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash newsday to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash newsday right now to learn more. And this episode is sponsored by Mac Weldon. Uh, it's too late now to do any online Christmas shopping that's actually going to arrive before Christmas, yeah. but it's a weird year, and surely the guy you're shopping for will understand, especially if your gift is from Mac Weldon. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Mac Weldon warm knit tops, undershirts, or Sunday lounge pants, Mac Weldon has men's basics that are guaranteed to keep everyone on your list comfortable. Everything Mac Weldon makes is literally the perfect stuff to be wearing while you lounge around the house during winter. How do we know that? Well, we've both been wearing mostly Mac Weldon for pretty much this entire godforsaken year. I'm wearing my Sunday lounge pants right this They're second. great pants. Uh, when we say men's essentials now, we're talking about socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear. I'm also got my Mac Weldon underwear on, uh, polos, active shorts, and pants. And Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. And just because they're extremely comfy doesn't mean they aren't also classy looking enough to wear on the go. Mac Weldon's men's basics come in a wide range of customized fabrics that can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And with Weldon Blue, their totally free loyalty program, level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. Win the gift-giving season and get 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. That's MacWeldon.com Newsday, promo code Newsday for 20% off. Mac Weldon, reinventing men's basics. All right, we got a few more tech news stories for you to round out this very stupid year. Uh, and here's some actual good news. As of this past Sunday, your ISP can no longer charge you a monthly modem or router fee if you're using your own damn equipment. And yeah, that seems like it'd be a no-brainer. But ISPs like Frontier were charging users in some markets 5 to $10 a month to rent a router even if you weren't actually renting their shitty router and did the smart thing and just bought your own much better quality router. And up until Sunday, this was perfectly okay and legal and there wasn't anything you could do about it. Yeah. Oh. God. So in typical fashion under Ajit Pai's FCC, this was actually supposed to be resolved a lot sooner. Uh, Congress passed the law last year, and it was supposed to be implemented by the end of June. But the FCC extended the deadline by six months because 
it would apparently be, it'd just be too hard for the ISPs to make their deadline due to the coronavirus. It's that dang coronavirus. That dang coronavirus. We're going to need six months. Yeah. Uh, but now it has been six months, and uh, if your ISP has been screwing you over with a bullshit rental fee for literally nothing, you can now call them up and tell them to cut that shit out, and they actually have to do it. Yeah, well, the, you know, the recent spike in coronavirus is actually tied to these ISPs trying to charge money for renting routers. They were like, wait, hold on. It's getting better, and the, the curve has been flattening? No, 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 no. We need yeah. to get people back together so we can see a spike and get mm-hmm. another six months. Yeah. Uh, in other news, we've got some updates to the fight that started off as Apple versus Epic Games, but has kind of turned into Apple versus everybody. First up, the Apple versus Epic lawsuit. Now, just to refresh your memory... Epic Games circumvented iOS's in-app purchases to allow Fortnite players on Apple devices to purchase in-game V-Bucks, the currency, directly from Epic at a discount. And Epic did this knowing full well that it would piss Apple off. Now, they had a whole PR campaign to launch with a very polished reimagining of the classic 1984 Apple advertisement, but this time about how it's unfair that Apple takes a 30% commission on all transactions through its App Store while not allowing other App Stores. Apple predictably told Epic that they were in violation of the App Store's terms of service. They cut Epic off from the App Store. Um, Users could no longer download Fortnite. And Apple even tried to go so far as to block Epic's Unreal Engine from the Apple Developer Program, which would have basically killed any further development on any third-party iOS app built on the Unreal Engine. Luckily, a judge stopped that from happening. But the main fight over whether Epic can circumvent the App Store has a long road ahead of it in court. And it looks like Tim Cook, Hmm. Tim Cook himself, will probably end up on the witness stand for a very long time. Yeah, earlier this month, Apple tried to get the judge to limit Tim Cook's testimony in the trial, scheduled for July, to just four hours. But the judge denied that request, at least for now, meaning we could end up with a ton of testimony from Tim Cook, on par with the Bill Gates antitrust stuff from the 90s that kind of outed him as a much more ruthless businessman than most people assumed, and pretty much ended his career running day-to-day operations at Microsoft. But Tim Cook just looks so wholesome. Yeah, those Bill Gates tapes are wild. He's done a great job rehabilitating his image, but if you watch the Bill Gates depositions from the 90s, like, he's a fucking dick. He rehabilitated his image by donating billions of dollars to charity, so... Well, Maybe managed, Tim Cook will have to do that. Still managed to get even richer than before. Uh, the next hearings in the Apple versus Epic saga are scheduled for the first week of January, and we've probably got a lot of great Tech News Day material to look forward to in the first half of next year yeah. and in the summertime as they go to court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Tim Sweeney, the Epic guy, I want to see I want to see his depositions as well because he seems like a fucking asshole. Like, seems like even more of a dick than Tim Cook probably is right. behind the scenes. This is exciting. Yeah. And meanwhile, Facebook is also piggybacking on the Apple versus Epic fight because they really don't like that Apple wants to update iOS's privacy settings to require that users opt in to consent to apps tracking their device ID. Currently, it's allowed by default, but users can and should go into their settings to turn it off. (laughs) But if Apple goes ahead with their update, users who've received the update will get an alert the next time they open up an app like Facebook, asking them specifically if they want to opt out of device ID tracking. Understandably, Facebook is scared that people will do exactly that if they're explicitly given the choice. Wait, hold on. I have a choice? (laughs) Which would hurt their targeted ads business, probably. Uh, We talked about this a few months back, but at the time, Apple decided to delay the update so that app developers had more time to prepare for the change. But it's still coming, and Facebook, yeah, they're still really upset about it. So last week, Facebook took out these huge full-page ads in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal, saying they're, quote, standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah, they're just looking out for the little guy, folks. Uh, Now, without personalized ads that target users based on their unique device ID that's attached to a terrifying amount of personalized data that's been tracked for years, how will mom and pop businesses survive? 
So yeah, I guess thanks, Mark Zuckerberg, for standing up for small business. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the the cherry on top is that these ads went in like newspapers, part of the news business that Facebook has like destroyed, just single handedly ruined. Uh, yeah, it's all great. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure who the bad guy is in Epic versus Apple, but Facebook. You're pretty much always the bad guy. Yeah, there's no coming back from what Facebook has done to the world. Yeah. What Dippin' Dots has done to save the world, Facebook has done to destroy the world. Yeah, nothing but respect for my presidents, whoever Who's, runs Dippin' Dots. Yeah, <laughs> the person who runs Dippin' Dots. Yeah. As for our last bit of news, uh, about a year and a half ago, we talked about this YouTube channel that's just an endless 24-7 stream of what a neural network thinks death metal is. Uh, it's called Relentless Doppelganger. It was made by a group called Databots. Uh, and it's still up. They basically they just fed a bunch of death metal to an AI and said, go wild. Yeah. Here's a little taste. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's death metal. Yeah. Um, Databots recently unveiled their latest attempt at feeding an AI music and then telling it to spit out its own music and never stop. And this time it's a collaboration with YouTuber Adam Neely, who, in addition to making great videos about music, is also an incredible bass player. This one's called Infinite Bass Solo. Have a look. Wow. Okay, so yeah, the AI seems really into fret harmonics and the more percussive styles of play, but it's pretty fascinating to just sit there for a few minutes and just see what it spits out. Now, Adam recorded two hours of bass in a specific key at a specific tempo, and the result isn't exactly musical, but it's definitely bass. Uh, anyways, Adam Neely's video about the whole thing where he talks to the developers is really worth a watch, especially the way he manages to end up sampling the AI version of himself to make what actually ends up being sort of passive as music. Yeah. Yeah. He like it, it comes it's just nonsense. And he's like, oh, there's a little there's a little little bits here. Manages yeah. to do something with it. There you go. So uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's all your tech news for 2020. Yeah. Um, um we have some stuff over here for you to watch and um, stay tuned because that's not all. We have something else cooking up for you in our little KFC PC oven. Mm -hmm. Uh so stay tuned for that. Uh, stay tuned, gamers. In the meantime, uh, in, enjoy some t uh, time. Look, if you live with people, enjoy time with them. We would prefer it if you FaceTime people that don't live in your household. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't seem to be the case for, you know, a lot of America. So, whatever. Yeah. I'm still upset that I don't get to see my family, but it's great to see all your photos online. Yep. Uh, stay safe out there. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye.